Good morning and welcome to our live broadcast at First Presbyterian Church. It is a joy to come into your home today with good news about God who loves you. We are located in beautiful Uptown Columbus on the corner of 11th and 1st. We would love for you to join us for worship or just stop by and say hello. At First Presbyterian Church, we welcome you with grace and gratitude for God's love. Please rise for the morning's first lesson. And the first lesson comes from 2 King chapter 4, verses 42 through 44. When you hear this scripture, it'll sound familiar, but it's not exactly what you're accustomed to hearing. But that's how both of the scriptures and this morning's sermon tie together. Listen to the word of God. A man came from Baal-shalishah, bringing food from the first fruits to the man of God, 20 loaves of barley and fresh ears of grain in his sack. Elisha said, give it to the people and let them eat. But his servants said, how can I set this before a hundred people? So he, Elisha, repeated, Give it to the people and let them eat. For thus says the Lord, They shall eat and have some left. He sat it before them. They ate and had some left, according to the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. It is good to be here with you this day. I'm honored to be here and stand in this sacred place. The congregation has partnered with the Pastoral Institute since the Pastoral Institute began. This congregation was one of our charter member congregations, and I want to express my appreciation to this congregation and to each of you for that long history of support of our ministry at the PI. Thank you very much. You heard the first lesson read a moment ago that talks about a meager resource being multiplied to meet the needs of far more people than the resource itself could possibly account for. Most all of you have heard that there are two miracles that are mentioned in all four Gospels and only two. One is the resurrection And the other is the feeding of the multitude. So important in terms of Jesus' memory and Jesus' ministry and his disciples' memory that each of the four Gospels recounts this particular story. I'd like you to stand as I read this familiar passage. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee that is, the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the miraculous signs he had performed on the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover feast was near. Then Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him. 
And he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Eight months' wages would not buy enough, bite, enough bread for each to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled twelve baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the miraculous sign that Jesus did, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him a king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. You may be seated. In my position as the Director of Clergy and Congregational Care at the Pastoral Institute, when I accepted that job, I had already begun visiting congregations in the community to get acquainted with pastors and with people. And I have to tell you in a word of confession, I've snuck in here more than once to worship with you and generally hide about three or four rows from the back to worship with you. And as I circulate in the community to various congregations, it isn't at all unusual for me to hear a sermon based on the text, The Feeding of the Multitude. One reason I hear it is because it's a spectacular story. Another reason I hear it is it's found in all four Gospels, so there are records of it. And I'm fascinated by what people do with the text. I've heard sermons where a great deal of attention is given to the little boy who brought five loaves and two fishes. I've heard how his mother prepared his lunch. I've heard how he was at the back of the crowd and made his way through the crowd all the way up to where Jesus and the disciples were. I've heard a lot said about the little boy. Interesting, he doesn't even appear in the text. I've heard people talk from the pulpit about how this miracle occurred. That as the five loaves and two fish were dispensed, the first person that got the basket looked in it and said, I don't really have need, I have need of nothing in the basket. I brought my lunch. In fact, I've got a couple of extra pieces of pita bread. I'll just put those in. And someone else looked in their little basket that they brought and said, oh, I've got a couple of figs I don't need. And they put them in the basket. 
And someone else said, oh, I brought some feta cheese. I'll put that in the basket. That's a wonderful story. But it diminishes the point of the text that the author is trying to communicate. The author is not talking about how the people were generous of heart, though I certainly hope and pray they were. But the point of this text is that Jesus was able to take that which seemed absolutely meager and inadequate for the task at hand and to bless it in such a way that the people's needs were all met. And that particular process is not new. God has always done that. Earlier, as the text was read from 2 Kings, Elisha the prophet says, bring me what you have, God will bless it, and a hundred people were fed. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He took that that was so small, in fact, nothing, and created from it. He takes a stable and a manger during the Christmas season and blesses it and transforms it into a symbol of His presence and His power. He takes communion bread and wine, just those common elements that in themselves mean absolutely nothing, and multiplies them to the point we are all enriched and blessed. God from the beginning has been involved in the business of taking that which is inadequate and multiplying and blessing it to the point of enrichment of others. So God does not look for the immensity of our talents. God does not look for how wise, how experienced, how intelligent we are. God looks at us and says, you are indeed inadequate for the task. But that is irrelevant. If you are available and you are willing, I can multiply what you can do to accomplish what I need accomplished. I want to be the first to tell you, no one has said this ever before, standing here. You are going to have an interim who is coming to lead and serve this congregation, and he is not man enough for the job. But it isn't his wisdom and his experience, as vast as that is, that God is going to use. God is going to use His willing heart and lead this congregation to, in, to achieve what you can't possibly imagine. And it isn't His strength, and it isn't His wisdom, and it isn't His experience. It's His willingness to entrust God to use Him as an instrument of God. And how do I know that of a minister I have never met? and never heard of before I heard the announcement this morning? Because it's what God has been doing in ministers' lives and people's lives since the beginning. Paul says it is not the wise that God uses, but the foolish. It is not the rich, it is the poor. Because God needs the committed heart, not the ability. In Jesus' day when people gave at the temple, it was kind of like they went by the bank 
and they asked for rolls of quarters. And at the temple, there was this kind of thing that was built a little like the cornucopia. It was made out of metal. And when you put your money in, being made out of metal and being shaped like that, it resonated throughout the courtyard. So what did people do? They brought all their rolls of quarters and rattled them in there so everybody could hear what they were doing. And so, Jesus is sitting in the courtyard with his disciples, and on the other side, all the people listening to how much money people are giving. And Jesus stops everything. Because his ears are finely tuned to something other than the sound of the money in the offering plate. And he turns to his disciples and he says, That widow just gave more than all of these people. Gave more than all these people combined. The disciples are astounded because they still look upon this situation with eyes as we often do and say, but that widow gave just a couple of pennies. It won't amount to anything. And Jesus said, you don't understand. God does not look upon the amount that was given God looks upon what was kept, what was possessive, what was acquisitive, what she wanted to keep, and she gave everything she had to God. And God will bless that far more than the pounds and pounds of quarters that made all of that noise. It has always been God's job to take that which is inadequate for the task and seek some open, willing, committed hearts who are wanting to be a part of achieving something so much beyond themselves and their abilities. And so it is with each of you. As a pastor, so often I would speak to someone and say, we need someone to teach this particular Sunday school class. We need someone to serve on this committee. We need someone to chair this event. And how often I heard, but, but I'm not capable. I'm not adequate. I don't know enough. I'm not well trained. But God's message is, those are not the qualifications I need to achieve my will. The qualification I need is a willing heart. God never ever calls us to that which we can do without God's blessing the effort. I sit in my office every day. And I have people sit across from me, and I've been doing counseling now for over 40 years someplace. And invariably, sometime every day, I sit with someone, an individual, couple, family, and I say, I have no idea what to say to this. I rarely anymore hear something like I used to, which is, my gosh, I've never heard that before. But even having heard the stories they're always unique. They're always new. Even though the events may sound familiar 
as is true of so many of people's stories, they are always heartbreaking in their own unique and individual ways. And I often say, God, I don't have the training, the education, the experience to know what to say. I don't know how to uplift this person. I do not know how to encourage him. I don't know how to support her. God, can you give me some words to say? And most of all, can you speak through me? Can I be transparent enough to let you speak? And can I get me out of the way enough so they'll hear your message? This congregation has been through a very difficult, difficult time. I'm keenly aware of that. But I know this. God is going to bless you. God is going to uplift you. God is going to not be determined in His efforts by the number of people, but by the willing hearts of the people. And my prayers will be for you to be people of willing heart. There was a little boy that day. Sometimes he gets too much press in the sermon, but he offered what little he had. And Andrew, who looked at it, said, it's not nearly enough. And Jesus said, oh, it's more than enough. Because there was a willing gift, a willing commitment. And as the miracle occurred that day, people suddenly remembered a profoundly important issue. And that was one of the hallmarks of the prophets was the hungry would be fed. That message goes back throughout the Scriptures that when a prophet of God comes, people will be fed. The hungry will be filled. People will be fed. And that day, as the baskets passed by, the people said, we have witnessed a miracle and there is a prophet among us. And God's presence is demonstrated by the filling of the people, their hearts to overflowing. Let us pray. Oh God, I ask you would be with these people. May they not look upon the size of their gift, but the openness of their heart, that you might bless them and those around them. Amen.